On today's show, it's ball. Big baller brand coming to Dallas. Oh, triple B's coming to the big D. LeVar Ball. We'll talk about Lonzo Ball. We'll talk about more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Never lost. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The Triple B baller, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, man, we have a press conference coming up in two days. Wow. In person. We, in, we person. in person. We will both be there. Yes, we'll both be there at the American Airlines Center. Super fun. First thing, first thing Nick and I have both have covered together in person and since since Lucas draft. That's true. Draft wow. draft night. That was the last time Nick and I were in the same place to cover a Mavericks thing in person. We were at the AAC, the draft party. Reading the Stein tweets saying Dallas is unsure about swapping Wes Matthews, Wes Matthews. <laughs> uh, with the Atlanta Hawks. And we're like, no, please, please for, do it for like a matter of 15 minutes. We're just sitting there saying they the fan base will never forgive the Mavericks if they yeah. don't do this. And then, we literally said it'll be another Giannis if they don't do this. Yeah. And then, bam, they made the trade and the whole place kind of erupted. And it was a night we'll never forget. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join us this week to get in on the action Spotify Greenroom. All right. On today's show, we are going to get into Lonzo Ball. There was a bunch. There's just a couple like rumor news drops today. Stein, Shams, a bunch of other ones. And there's a couple of newsy things. And Lonzo was one of those. And this is the update from Sham Sharania. New Orleans is unlikely to match a significant offer sheet on Ball, sources said. So that's why we're going to talk about Lonzo Ball. This is going to be our free agent profile today. So we'll get into him. Another one that I want to get into right now is John Collins. According to Shams Charania, Dallas, Miami, San Antonio, and Minnesota are all teams expected to show interest in Collins, believing he could be attainable as a restricted free agent, sources said. Hawks owner Tony Ressler said after the season he hoped that the team reached a fair agreement with Collins. Will the sides, the sides find that threshold? This is something we talked about a couple days ago. We did a full John Collins episode, broke down his whole game. So you can check out that for a full breakdown. But let's just give our take right now. If somebody didn't listen to that episode, what's your quick take there on John Collins? Yeah, I mean, a young guy shoots the three really well. And, you know, I think the misconception about him is he's just a dunker and just an athletic for Amari Stoudemire type guy. And that's not really the case. <laughs> yeah, he, he can shoot, you know, shoot a three really well. And, you know, I think you can go back to our pod and listen to all of our in-depth stuff and a lot of our takes and opinions on that, but his fit with KP is not perfect. And so I, you know, I've seen a lot of feedback after that pod, a lot of comments on YouTube and everything. It was like, Hey, if, yeah, if we get John Collins on Twitter, we got to get rid of KP at that point. I don't know where I stand on that. It's like, you have to have one or the other, but uh, I think the bigger question is, are you ready to hand, you know, are you ready to be paying over $50 million to two guys in the front court to a KP John Collins that you would still have, you know, defensive question marks, you would still have the question unanswered of who's going to be your secondary creator on offense. You'd still have the question mark of who's going to run the offense when Luke is off the floor. So 
all that to say is there's definitely there would definitely still be questions that you need to be answered, but there's a price tag to John Collins, and it looks like it's probably going to be close to his max. And are you willing to pay that? Yeah, he's a restricted free agent, so it ties up your money. It's really tough to try and offer a free agent like that, waste a couple of days in free agency. The other team has three days to match it. And then all of a sudden you're going back and saying, well, now all the free agents are gone because we wasted this time trying to get. So restricted free agency is tricky in general, but then even with John Collins, once you get him, his fit with KP isn't great. Offensively, I think it could work really well. Offensively, you have a pick and roll, pick and pop partner with Luca and John Collins and he, you know, both guys can space the floor. Both guys can roll both guys, you know, John Collins a little bit better than Porzingis. John Collins, a much better uh, rebounder than Porzingis. So that gives you a better rebounder in the front court than a Maxi than a Dwight Powell. And so that adds, you know, that fixes a couple of things there, but all the things that Isaac said are still true, not a secondary creator and all that. So Dallas will show interest. I'd be surprised if they pulled off a deal for him, but I mean, anything can happen. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Hawks don't match it. But all the comments from Tony Ressler, the owner of the Hawks, it got me perking my yeah. ears up a little bit to see if they're actually going to go through with this. So that's the stuff on John Collins. Again, go watch our video from the other day or listen to our podcast. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up before we get into Lonzo is uh, we talked about Slovenia in the Olympics. We're going to be covering them. We're going to be on. We're going to be on every single game. There's a game, by the way, that's being played. Uh, August isn't it August first? August first, three twenty a.m. Texas Dallas Texas time. Wow. <laughs> question is, you getting up or you staying up? That's the question for that one. But it's what European MFFLs have been dealing with all season since Luca was drafted by the like all season since Luca was being drafted by the Mavs. They've been staying up with these late games for them. So now DFW gets the, uh, the late game there with Slovenia. So, uh, but we'll be covering it. The thing I really wanted to bring up today is a lot of you were like, Hey, put some respect on Slovenia's name because in 2017, they won the Eurobasket tournament and they beat teams like France and Spain. And since Luka Doncic has been playing for the Slovenian national team, this is in Stein's newsletter as well. They're 13 and 0. Luka Doncic has never lost a senior national team game with Slovenia. Uh, and then, you know, that 2017 Eurobasket tournament with Luka and Dragic, they, uh, that was when they, you know, they, you know, then, then they qualified for the Olympics this past year. Like that is, uh, so the team, maybe we undersold them a little bit. Maybe they're not like this plucky underdog that's coming in. Maybe they're a team that actually is a force to be reckoned with that we don't realize yet because we haven't seen them on this stage yet. So I did want to give a shout out to all the Slovenians listening. Shout out to everybody that commented about that. Uh, 100%. I mean, we're going to be covering it. We're, we'll be excited yeah. for them. We we said that we think that they can meddle, so it's not like we were saying they're not going to do anything, right? But maybe we undersold them just a little bit. Well, they're they're missing Dragic. I mean, that's the only thing. It's like, yeah. I, I'm super hyped for them, and it's a fun story, and I think they have a good shot at, at winning a medal. But to go back to 2017, I mean, that was a Goran Dragic that was four years younger than what he is now. He's not on this team, you know, now. So I think that's, if they had a, a four years younger Goran Dragic on this team right now, <laughs> I would be sitting there saying, all right. I mean, are they going to be playing USA in the gold medal game? Which they still very well could like even without yeah. him. But that's the only reason why I didn't put them in that like top tier group after uh, USA, but they'll be fun. We're going to cover it the same way. I, I think the, I think the more curious thing is, if they play, if they play USA, who are you rooting for? Oh, Slovenia! Come on, all day, Slovenia! I don't. I was gonna sing the song. What's the Forget song? Forget America. <laughs> oh no, we got. We'd have to look back up. At the, we'd have to look at the words again. We had them in front of us when we sang them that one day. 
Uh, man, if, if you played the tune, maybe I'd think of it again. But uh, all right, there you go. We'd be rooting for Slovenia 100%. Luca's our guy now. Uh, yeah, U.S. is one. Somebody's going to be in our comments right now. You're not going to root for you. You un American. <laughs> all right, let's get into Lonzo Ball. Let's do a full free agency profile of him. We'll talk about strengths, weaknesses, some misconceptions, his, his uh, problems that he solves for the Mavericks. Age comparison, roster fit, price tag, all that kind of stuff. Let's get into that. Uh, Lonzo Ball, he is a really interesting player and has been a really polarizing prospect. And then, obviously, player, obviously, like, you know, uh, star figure in the world, in the league with his with his dad, LeVar Ball. What a weird just way that he came into the public spotlight. Because I, sometimes I try to imagine Lonzo if he didn't, if he wasn't attached to LeVar Ball. Yeah. We would just not think anything of we would he would be Brandon Ingram to us, right? Like he would just be a guy that was quiet, that didn't really say much. We didn't know a ton about him. We're like, oh, he's from Southern California, but we don't really know anything about him. Instead, we know like his whole story yeah. and everything because of his dad, and then his brothers obviously add to that and everything. But he's a six foot six do you, guard. Do you think of LeVar much anymore? I don't. I I mean I, I don't. don't anymore, no. But when you think about Lonzo Ball, it's 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 hard to not think about it when you start thinking about him more. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, if you think about him for more than five minutes, LeVar will come to your brain at some point and think, like, oh, sure. this is a factor. He's, he's really stepped out of the way, though. It doesn't seem to have been a hindrance at all in his NBA career. Um, but, yeah, he is – Lonzo Ball is a really interesting guy. He is a, a guard, a point guard. Seems like he's just a general guard now at this point. But he's got pretty good size. He has a pretty good shot now. One of his strengths, I think, now has become his three-point shot, which I think we thought – even when we did our draft profile of him years ago, we thought eventually that that shot would come around. It was always pretty consistent. It was always pretty consistent. He would get that three point shot. It was just shots anywhere else on the floor that he really struggled with, but the three point shot was there. Over the last two years, he shot thirty seven point six percent on seven point two three point attempts per game. So like that's volume too, and that's over two years. That's not just one fluky season. Like he, him, and Tim Hardaway Jr. are kind of in the same. Uh, like the same vein in that respect where they had just kind of, they struggled to shoot at the beginning, but now they've had two solid seasons of really good shooting on high volume. So I think that's yeah. really positive for Lonzo. Uh, a lot of it's catch and shoot. He, some of it is pull up, but he, a lot of it is going to be these catch and shoot shots, which is what you kind of want him to be taking uh, in, a, in a Luka run offense. But that's a really positive and a big strength of his game. Yeah, I will say I, I wasn't as confident at the beginning of his career. I mean, he shot 30% his rookie season, 32, right? 33% his sophomore season. And his shot it took an adjustment for his shot. It I did. Mean, we well, his it. shot was ugly. And oh, yeah. The, I think the form has gotten a lot better. And this is this is the, the category that we have when we do our profiles. The misconception is I still think that still follows him right now that the I, we love using this term, the casual, you know, that people throw out there, the <laughs> casual, it's still, you know, I think still has in their brain. Oh, Lonzo. Well, you don't want to have somebody around Luca who can't shoot his, his shots ugly. And it's like, okay, but have you watched him over the past two seasons? Because he's turned into a, a really good three point shooter. Like you said, he shot 37% from three last year on eight threes a game. That's a lot. Like that's, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. So he's turned into a, a really reliable, consistent three point shooter. We'll get into more some more strengths. There's some good ones we'll get into with Lonzo. I think he could be a good fit for the Mavericks. So we'll talk about why, but then we'll talk about why he may not be and why the Mavericks maybe shouldn't put all their eggs in the Lonzo basket. We'll talk about that 
Coming up, but before we do, this episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. It's not like Clubhouse or some of these others that just have, you know, talks for for anything, basically. It's it's designed with sports fans in mind. So there's a couple of key features in there, like groups. You can join just the NBA group. You can join the NFL group. You can join something like that. And I also want to point out, for a couple of people maybe that had Spotify Greenroom at first and were like, uh, since they switched over from Locker Room, I'm not really feeling it. They have changed a couple things on the app that have made it better. They have now added a full feature and a full tab on your home screen where you just see the people that you follow. I was kind of frustrated with that at the beginning, and now you can see just the people that I follow, just the people, you know, and then everything else on a different tab. So you can go check out that. You can listen to us talk about Mavs stuff. You can listen to basically any of our NBA hosts, any of our MLB hosts, any of our NHL hosts hosting rooms all the time. I know Kirk Henderson does. For Mavs Moneyball, we're in those rooms every once in a while, uh, talking to him about Mavs stuff. So there's a lot of stuff in there. Go to go download the Green Room app right now. Make a profile. Follow me. I'm at Nick Van Exit. You'll get notified every time we go live. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some more positives for Lonzo Ball. We're talking about him because from Sham Sharania in The Athletic, New Orleans is unlikely to match a significant offer sheet on Ball, sources say. Ball 23 is among the top point guards on the free agent market. The Bulls and Clippers are expected to be among the teams interested in him. According to sources, Ball averaged career highs 14.6 points a game and three-point shooting this past season. I love how Shams always throws just like two stats, that like two very simple stats that always like, you know, promote that player when he's just doing a rumor. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, very telling there. But the Bulls and Clippers are really interesting teams to be interested in. Like, I get how they would fit the rosters with those with those teams, kind of. But the Clippers want a playmaker type guy. And I don't think Lonzo is that guy. Right? Like, what's his, like, what's his strength passing-wise that you would... Because uh, he, he does average a bunch of assists, right? And, uh, well, like, he averaged 5.7 this past year, seven, 7 assists the year before in New Orleans... And then, you know, five and seven, I guess, the two years before in L.A. So he's not like your prototypical, like, half-court point guard. Yeah, I I wouldn't be as worried about his playmaking than I would be his, like, creating. Like, I'm not as confident of saying, hey, yeah, giving the ball and say, go get me a bucket. I'm not very confident in that. I would be confident in saying, hey, can you, like, help just organize our offense? Can you run that? Because his basketball IQ – I mean, this is something we heard, the Ma- which, once again, the old Mavericks regime, when you know going into that draft, yeah. I remember setting in that press conference the first time the Lakers were, came to town after that draft, and Rick Carlisle saying, we had Lonzo Ball number one on our draft board. And they... <laughs> ding. They, they, like, they, they've really valued his ability. Like, I remember him playing at UCLA, and one of the most fascinating things we'll watch with him was... He's just he'd get the rebound, he'd get the ball, you know, whoever rebounded, give him the ball, and he would pass it up so fast. He would just keep yeah. the ball going. He was always look- it was like hot potato with him. Yeah, he was always looking up and his basketball IQ. I just love that. That's why I've always been a big fan of him. So I think in an offense, like for the Clippers or somebody like that, I that's it. I honestly think that's the right type of role for him. Like, can you like I don't think Lonzo will ever be a 20 point per game scorer, but can you say, hey, can you like, can you give us like points, but can you also make the right pass, set up our offense and you're big enough to where you can also guard the other defenders too. We've joked. <laughs> I, I honestly, I wrote this in my notes. I'm like, I'm going to laugh when I say this. We've joked about the DeLon Wright to Josh Richardson thing. 
I mean, Lonzo Ball is the natural progression <laughs> of that, right? I mean, because yeah, what he'd be a good one. Everything that you would ask or what you wanted from Josh Richardson, for the most part, is what you'd ask of Lonzo. Can you hit an open three? Can you play defense against these other point guards like the Lillards of the world? Can you get us a bucket here and there, like mid-range, all this? Like, that's exactly what they wanted from Josh Richardson, but it didn't work. And I think if Lon, like that's the that's the box. If you're trying to put Lonzo to a box in Dallas, that's the box you're presenting with with of saying this is what we would want you to be. Yeah, he's being presented and rightly so as a three and D prospect, like a, a three and D player in the NBA. Uh, I noticed that there's only two players on the Pelicans with a positive impact on both their offensive rating and their defensive rating. One of them is obvious. <laughs> yeah. Zion Williamson, yeah. and the other one is Lonzo. Like those are the only two guys that had positive impacts on both in their on-off numbers. Uh, and there's a lot of you know that those stats are a little fuzzy. It's not it doesn't tell everything about it, but uh, I think that it was it was was huge that those guys were the positive forces for that team. Also, uh, I found a defensive stat too from Basketball Index, and it was that Lonzo Ball ranked first in toughest assignments with a minimum of 500 minutes played ranking just ahead of Dang. Lou Dort and Mikkel Bridges. The top five in that was Lonzo, Lou Dort, Mikkel Bridges, Gary Harris, and Royce O'Neal. And they had some other stats in there, like how he act, it actually – like. He, you know what that stat tells me? <laughs> they really don't want Brandon Ingram guarding any of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But it is also – I think there are some numbers in that too that he actually held his ground on that. I don't think Lonzo is, um, you know – Marcus Smart, or you know, I don't think he is like the lockdown, lockdown, you know, defender of point guards, but he's definitely above average. And I think that's the thing that what once again, what you wanted from Josh Richardson, I think you would actually get that in Lonzo Ball. If we had more time, like if there's if this was a longer offseason, we should do a whole pot of just who's the next evolution of Josh of Delon Wright to Josh Richardson to who else? Because we've mentioned a couple. We've mentioned yeah. Lonzo, Gary Harris was another one we've mentioned. Uh, who are some others that we've mentioned that could be that like next step? We could do a Marcus Tyson Smart. Chandler too. Like, who's going to be the next Tyson Chandler? <laughs> <laughs> this Tyson Chandler starter kit. <laughs> yeah, we really have gone that evolutionary route though. Delon, Josh Richardson, now whoever's going to be yeah. next. Uh, but yeah, so that's the big positive is his three point shooting, his passing and and playmaking. I wouldn't say creation like like you know like, yeah. like you said, it's not creation, it's playmaking. So he's. Moving the ball in transition, he's making the quick pat, the yeah. quick you know uh, swing passes in the half court, those kind of things. He's not he's not Luca, right? He's not gonna dribble the ball around and, and drive and kick to somebody. That's not necessarily his game. But and pick and I think roll numbers too. He he has good pick and roll numbers too. That that surprised me the most. So that's good. Yeah, w- yeah. When I when I looked into it, I was looking at his synergy numbers today. 36 percent of his offense possessions were spot up shots. Expected that. I didn't expect pick and roll as a pick and roll ball handler would be his next percent as 23% of his offensive possessions and on synergy has a very good rating on that. And so, uh, yeah. And I actually watched probably too many clips than what I should have today uh, of him running the pick and roll. And I was like, okay, a little bit more impressive than I thought. Like we just did Spencer Dinwiddie yesterday uh, and, or, or two days ago. We just, or yeah, no, yesterday we just did Spencer Dinwiddie. He's almost offensively like, for a point guard, like there's still similarities, but the uh, the opposite, Spencer Dinwiddie, right? Like yeah. shoots well from three, is not necessarily good driving the ball, uh, is you know also also not good creating his own shot, but you know the playmaking and transition and all that, not necessarily driving kick, all that kind of stuff. 
Like he's almost the opposite. And so I, I think Lonzo is a better fit, especially because of his defensive impact with with Luca, because uh, he'll add that transition playmaking. He'll add that spot up shooting that you want. He'll add that uh, that extra passer in the half court. Because Luca, what he'll do sometimes, Luca throws you a, a bomb sometimes, and Lonzo's got to make a real quick decision with a shot clock late, and he'll have to decide who gets it and see the floor and all that. And I think that would really help the Mavericks offense because. Who was doing that this last year, right? Like yeah. Brunson sometimes, right? This is what we're talking about when we talk about a secondary creator. Uh, and so Lonzo wouldn't create in the same way that we would hope a Kyle Lowry would come in and do or a Mike Conley, but he'd help in a lot of different ways in that aspect that I think would be better than uh, some of these other guys on the market. Oh, yeah. I, I agree 100%. Uh, do you want to go on to weaknesses? <laughs> One more strength for me is... This is good. This is almost like the uh, I'm too passionate about my job. I'm too uh, too detail oriented. Like when you say weaknesses, but it's a strength or a strength that's a weakness yeah. in, in a job interview. Uh, he's an improved free throw shooter. That, that's a positive, Let's right? Because that was that was a huge negative for him uh, for his first three seasons in the NBA. So that's 162 games. He shot. 48.7% from the free throw line, only on 1.2 free throw attempts per game. So it's not a ton, but still, he's just not a good free throw shooter at all. Like, worse than, like, literally Andre Drummond territory, mm. <laughs> like, at the beginning of his career. This past year, 78.1% from the free throw line, a huge step up for him. And so I think that improved free throw percentage is reflective of his improved shot because he changed his shot a little bit, which made him a better three-point shooter that made him a better free throw shooter. It's almost the inverse of, of a, a guy coming in from the draft. Like a lot of times we look at some of these guys in the draft and say, well, they didn't shoot well from three, but they shot well from the free throw line. So maybe that translates to the three-point line. This is the opposite. Yeah. He shot well from three, and then eventually that translated to the free throw line. So coming up, let's get into some more weaknesses. We'll talk about the free throw shooting, why his free throw attempts are so freaking low, like 1.2 free throws a game for a guard. That's absolutely wild in today's NBA. We'll get into that. We'll talk about that and possibly the amount the number amount that Lonzo might cost we'll get into that coming up but before we do let me tell you about Built Bar Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar they're delicious I eat one almost every day I had a mint brownie one it's solid it's the it's it's the solid bar that you always want it gives you that little kick of that mint that lets you uh it, it wakes you up a little bit has the protein pack and it only has five to six grams of protein in it like or five or six grams of sugar in it. That, that's not a ton for a bar that tastes delicious. They're great. That grasshopper cookie bar is still also available right now. What is that one? The, the cherry bar, see the raspberry? Candy cane brownie. Whoa, you still got yeah, one of those? Yeah, I still have one of oh, those. You're holding, you're holding on to that one. I am. Uh, right now, you can go and get a free gift with your uh, Built Bar. You get a free travel cooler with every bar purchase right now. That's pretty cool. Ooh. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code Built. Uh, fifth, or use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Uh, I actually might order some bars and get me a, a built cooler. That's pretty cool. It's like a little zip cooler that you can get. It's not like one of those like uh, Velcro or anything like that. It's nice. Hmm. So go get the Grasshopper Cookie, the Mint Brownie. Those are all really good. Built Bar, promo code LOCKED15. Also, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Hopefully, you took Locked On Bets. Uh, <laughs> locked On Bets had... Shohei Otani not winning the home run derby or not hitting a home run during the all-star game and uh, won on both of those ones. So hopefully you took Lockdown Bets advice there. And if you are interested in betting, go listen to Lockdown Bets. But BetOnline has all that kind of stuff that you want to get into right now. They have the Suns minus 245 favorites still to win the series. Even after that, Bucks win. I'll be really interested to see who wins tonight. This game four is massive for the Bucks and massive for the Suns, I think, too. They also have some Olympic odds right now. 
I'm going to open it right now, and let's see where our Slovenian boys are. They have Slovenia a six-point favorite over Argentina in that first game coming up on July 25th. That one's, that's pretty interesting. Hmm. They have Slovenia a favorite right there. Uh, the money line is minus 246. So if you're interested in putting money on uh, Slovenia or the USA, they're a 15.5-point favorite over France in that first game. I may go France. 15.5 is a lot of points. I may go France in that one. Uh, so go check that out. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. Get a 50% welcome bonus to first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some more Lonzo Ball. We talked a lot about strengths, his fit. We talked about why it works. It would work really well with Luka, why it would just be a great upgrade from Josh Richardson, basically. Let's get into some downfalls and some weaknesses. Uh, his finishing, he's still not a guy that you want necessarily taking the ball downhill and going to the basket. He doesn't get to the free throw line basically at all, <laughs> at all, at all. And uh, shot creation, he doesn't really create his own shot. He'll create his own threes every once in a while, but he's not a guy to hit a mid-range to create and go to the basket, all that kind of stuff. His, <laughs> his finishing around the basket is one of the weirdest things that I've ever seen. 6'6", six, six. For- he's so big. And it's like, I remember you, you were the first person to remind me about this when he was with the Lakers. Like, Hey, he just, he can't hit a layup really. And (laughs) and when you start looking at the numbers and just, and just, this will just show you a little bit. So on synergy, they have ratings of like good, very good, all this different stuff. And it's almost laughable for jump shots. Very good runner average around basket below average. It like goes down. It's like, as he gets closer, as he to the gets rim. closer to the rim, his efficiency goes down, and yeah. like it, it's just wild. It, it, it's so weird to me that that's the type of player he is. So I, I don't know. Like, I, it's definitely a weakness. I just don't know. Is it a weakness that you get better at? I, like, I just don't. I don't know. It's weird. So part of it for me, and and if you guys know, you know, I grew up a Lakers fan, so I watched a lot of Lakers games. I watched a lot of Lonzo Ball. And a lot of times with his driving to the rim, it's all mental because he didn't want to go to the free throw line. And he still didn't want to go to the free throw line with his first year at the Pelicans. Now he's a little bit better, you know, free th- you know, shooting free throws. So maybe that goes away a little bit. But this has been four years of him in the NBA, not really driving, not really wanting to go to the rim, and then not being great when he gets to the rim. So that's that's all been really interesting. He's also not the the quickest strongest guy right like yeah. he, he's not an incredible athlete in that way and so he doesn't have the physical advantages besides just being six six he doesn't have the physical advantages that you need around the rim like Kyrie is lightning fast and his hands are you know incredible and his and all that that's why he's incredible around the rim you have Durant he's just super long and we'll just go over anybody you have LeBron is just super strong Luca super strong and you know in six eight and all that to get to the rim. So you have to have kind of one of those. And Lonzo doesn't really have either of those. Like, he's not super strong. He's 6'6", so he's kind of big. But he's also not lightning fast either. Yeah. So that kind of deters him as well. Um, and then he's also not played with a ton of teams with a bunch of spacing either. So maybe if he comes and plays with a team with Porzingis and Luca and some of these shooters, maybe that helps him there. But, yeah, it's been a really weird – like, he shoots uh, – he shot 48% from two-point range this season, which mm. is just – very, very strange. 44% last year. Uh, he's nearing, he's getting close. Like it's, it's trending where he shoot better from three than from two, which is just a really bizarre thing for a very guard. Um, we should also point out at this point, I mean, we're, we're kind of, 
Uh, we're doing some weaknesses, but he's 23, and he'll turn 24 in October, so he's still young. He can still add stuff to his game. He can still get better at some things. He's almost what he's going to be as a player because he's been in the NBA for a while, but I still think that there's a chance that he could get better. He's improved as a free-throw shooter. He's improved as a three-point shooter, so he's improved those areas, uh, and so maybe there's more of his game he can improve. Yeah, the isolation numbers aren't the best uh, for him when you really dive into that, and I think that's the, one of the biggest weaknesses that you look at you know, especially from a Maverick standpoint of a guard you put together with Luca is those questions that we asked while you know earlier about the John Collins and like, who's going to be your guy who runs the offense when Luca's off the floor? Can yeah. can Lonzo Ball create a shot on his own and give Luca a break? That's what they've desperately needed. I I'm not fully confident that he can do that, and that that's my I love Lonzo, but I don't, I'm not I don't know if I'm comfortable handing Lonzo the ball and say go get me a bucket. Going. <laughs> Going to you know who would love Lonzo Ball though who is Porzingis because Lonzo would pass him the ball a bunch. Yeah, well, speaking of Porzingis, he's two years younger than KP, and get mm. this, he is he is also younger than Jalen Brunson and Mikael Bridges. Wow. Yeah, the Brunson one's interesting. Yeah. You always forget just how old Brunson is. Yeah, I know exactly. So I I think that's the okay. Let me ask you this: Does Jason Kidd look at Lonzo and say that's me? Ooh, interesting. So, I mean, Jason Kidd, better finisher. But, like, at, that's me at, at a young age. High IQ, yeah, right. crazy passing, struggle with his, you know, his three-point. that's really interesting. Struggle with his three-point shot early on, and a bigger, you know, point guard. Does he, I, I know we all want to do the Jason Kidd, Luca stuff, how he can help Luca. <laughs> like, Luca's already a finished pass. Exactly. <laughs> but it's like. I wonder if there is a, a, a world in which kid looks at him and says, man, that, that was me. Like that was me yeah. at a young age at 23. I know how I can shape his career to like, I know what I did and can I help him do that? And now the kid's three point shot came later in his career compared to Lonzo in year three, but still, I think there are some similarities in that. Yeah. That's a really, really good one. Uh, and Kid wasn't on the staff when Lonzo was there. So if you're right. trying to think back, like, oh, was he already there? So no, he hasn't had him uh, yet. But so, does he yeah. know Rich Paul, who is Lonzo Ball's agent, and Jason Kidd has to know now? And do we have the tin? Oh, we do. Dang it, we Here we go. Lonzo Ball to the Mavericks by way of his agent, Rich Paul. Clutch, clutch client. On the Lakers Jason payroll. Kidd, on the payroll of the Lakers. He just played and won a championship there. Jason Kidd just did. Not played. He was an assistant coach. Now he comes to Dallas, and it's not to go get, and not to make Luka better. It's to make the new point guard, Lonzo Ball, better. That's what the Jason Kidd hire is all about. Anyway, uh, another, another weakness I wanted to point out is injuries like he has missed a bunch of games in his career from just random stuff uh he played 55 out of 72 games this past year 63 out of 72 games the year before so that's only nine games but still 47 out of 82 in 2018-19 and then 52 out of 82 games in 17-18 he just misses a bunch of games for knee stuff leg stuff just all kinds of random stuff he seems to have issues with so that's a real uh problem but no, I'm just kidding. He's never he's never played on a team with Casey Smith. <laughs> the Mavs Mavs head trainer that is 
known well to be able to help people get healthy. If they can get KP healthy, they can get Lonzo healthy. That's true. That's very. Well, true. All right, let's do. Let's do. So, last final thoughts here. Bobby Marks has been doing these breakdowns of uh, of ESPN. He used to be the vice vice GM, vice president of basketball operations for the Nets. He said, if the Pelicans wanted to get really ambitious, if they really wanted to go out with like a full frontal assault to bring back Lonzo Ball, he said the offer would be four years, eighty-five million, starting at nineteen million a year. That would be the starting, and that would be if they went the highest. So mm-hmm. that's kind of that's sort of the the cap, I think, for this. So if you're looking at Lonzo Ball, this is a type of guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, I think, that you could bring in Lonzo, you could bring in Dinwiddie, and also keep Tim Hardaway Jr. Yes, but that's at like twenty million a year, right? No, the the, the cap if they wanted to get real amb- ambitious would start at nineteen a year. So you so you're thinking it would be less than that if they're not because the the Pelicans aren't going to match that. Okay, if they, so, if you, so do, two, if you go all the way up there, two contracts to think about when it comes to Lonzo that I'm I'm wondering who he resembles the most: Fred VanVleet, Toronto, yeah, four years, eighty five, or Dejounte Murray, San Antonio, four for sixty four. Which contract is it? Is it more? Does he lean more towards? And that's where once you start getting over the twenty, you know, around the twenty range, then you're really figuring out some stuff in regards to Tim. Um, I mean, it gets it gets weird either way if Josh opts in, Josh Richardson opts in. But if he opts out, yeah, right. And then let's just say you sign Tim for something around twenty. I mean, obviously, if it's less than twenty, it helps you out on that then it gives you a little bit more space. Like if Tim signs for 18 a year, all of a sudden you have around 17 that you can go to Lonzo with, if that's the case. Could you do a sign-in trade and send Richardson down to the Pelicans? And so then Eric Bledsoe and Josh Richardson can start like Jake Madison's fever dream, like terrible starting backcourt. Oh, okay. So who, who goes after him? Cause I think it's the, yeah. it's the restricted guys that are so hard to tab because you know, they're, they're all pretty good. They're all young. So you can see everyone across the board, go after him. Like I could see Dallas going back off, you know, after some of these young guys, because he fits the timeline. He fits the team like him, John Collins, whoever it is. But also like you can see some of these sucky teams go after him too. It's like some of these teams that have a lot of money that, you know, if the Spurs went out and signed him, are you shocked? I'm not. I could see him going to be a little, it's like him and Dejounte Murray. It's just, that's, True, but Spider Man, like I could bit. see him playing on the Knicks, <laughs> you know, with, with Julius Randle. I could see that. Yeah. Back Rich then. Paul, I can see Rich Paul saying, Hey, I want my guy in New York City. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, I just, I think the, the list of suitors is so wide. And especially nowadays when it comes to the sign and trade options, that I mean, you can approach him I and you can approach the Clippers and say, Hey, do y'all want Lonzo? Look, let's sign and trade. Let's bring some guys back from the Clippers and make it happen. The, the listed teams here from Shams are the Bulls and the Clippers. I don't think the Bulls have a ton of money to throw at him. Uh, How do you which, feel about Alonzo, Zach Levine? Alonzo, Zach Levine backcourt is kind of interesting. I think there's still fun. not enough shot. There's still not enough, like, uh, there's shot making. There's not a lot of shot creation. Alonzo, Zach Levine, Vucevic, Pat Williams. That's, a, that's an interesting lineup fun. for sure. Yeah, yeah that, one, that one's Kobe pretty Kobe White fun. off the bench, Sadoransky. The Clippers one doesn't make any sense. They would have to do some kind of sign and trade, I guess, yeah. with Kennard or uh, Morris or something like they that. They don't really have a continue. ton of picks to send back either. But, no. but bringing it back to the Mavericks. Neither do the Mavs. I, I'm more about Lonzo Ball in Dallas than I am John Collins. 
I've been a yeah, I am I've too. been a yeah. fan of Lonzo for a long time. I think I would love to see his IQ next to Luca. Once again, is it a perfect fit? I think Kyle Lowry is a perfect fit in Dallas. Is Lonzo a perfect fit? I'm not saying he's a perfect fit. I still would have question marks. Like I would still ideally want that spot to be a guy that hey, when Luca's on the bench, that okay, let's run the offense through him. I'm skeptical about that, but he can hit the three. He can play defense. He's big. And I think his IQ would be awesome next to Luca. And I think, honestly, Jason Kidd could help him. 100%. There you go. That's our thoughts on Lonzo Ball. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Boom. They're not the best team ever. They're only five and seven. And you already promised that Lonzo would be bigger than Kobe Bryant? You're damn right. Lonzo is averaging just over eight points a game. I mean, that's not bad, but that's not up to the level of Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Talk to me about no Kobe Bryant. My offspring is going to rule the world. Just look at me. I am a giant. All right. Full head of hair. <laughs> Twelve fingers. <laughs> I can pull a tractor trailer 20 miles over a mountain using only my gut. <laughs> 